Chapter Twenty Four, Part Three of the Betrothed. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Reading done by Jules Harlock of Mississauga, Ontario, Canada. The Betrothed by Alexandro Manzoni. Chapter Twenty Four, Part Three. Dinner being removed, the two again withdrew together. After a conversation which lasted much longer than the first, the unnamed set off anew for his castle on the same mule which had borne him thither in the morning. And the cardinal, calling the priest of the parish, told him that he wished to be guided to the house where Lucia had found shelter oh my lord replied the parish priest allow me and i will send directly to bid the young girl come here with her mother if she has arrived and their host too if my lord wishes indeed all that your illustrious grace desires to see i wish to go myself to see them replied federigo there is no necessity for your illustrious lordship to give yourself that trouble i will send directly to fetch them it's very quickly done insisted the persevering spoiler of his plans a worthy man on the whole not comprehending that the cardinal wished by this visit to do honour at once to the unfortunate girl to innocence to hospitality and to his own ministry but the superior having again expressed the same desire the inferior bowed and led the way when the two companions were seen to enter the street every one immediately gathered round them and in a few moments people flocked from every direction forming two wings at their sides and the train behind the curate officiously repeated come come keep back keep off fie fie federigo however forbade him let them alone let them alone and he walked on now raising his hand to bless the people now lowering it to fondle the children who gathered round his feet in this way they reached the house and entered the crowd hedging round the door outside in this crowd the tailor also found himself having followed behind like the rest with eager eyes and open mouth not knowing where they were going when he saw however this unexpected where he forced the throng to make way it may be imagined with what bustle crying over and over again make way for one who has the right to pass and so went into the house agnes and lucia heard an increasing murmur in the street and while wondering what it could be saw the door thrown open and admit the purple-clad prelate and the priest of the parish is this she demanded federigo of the curate and on receiving a sign in the affirmative he advanced towards lucia who was holding back with her mother both of them motionless and mute with surprise and bashfulness but the tone of his voice the countenance the behaviour and above all the words of federigo quickly reanimated them poor girl he began god has permitted you to be put to a great trial 
but he has surely shown you that his eye was still over you that he has not forgotten you he has restored you in safety and has made use of you for a great work to show infinite mercy to one and to relieve at the same time many others here the mistress of the house came into the apartment who at the bustle outside had gone to the window upstairs and seeing who was entering the house hastily ran down after slightly arranging her dress and almost at the same moment the tailor made his appearance at another door seeing their guests engaged in conversation they quietly withdrew into one corner and waited there with profound respect the cardinal having courteously saluted them continued to talk to the women mingling with his words of comfort many inquiries thinking he might possibly gather from their replies some way of doing good to one who had undergone so much suffering it would be well if all priests were like your lordship if they would sometimes take the part of the poor and not to help put them into difficulties to get themselves out said agnes emboldened by the kind and affable behavior of federigo and annoyed at the thought that the signor don abandidio after having sacrificed others on every occasion should now even attempt to forbid their giving vent to their feelings and complaining to one who was set in authority over him when by an unusual chance the occasion for doing so presented itself just say all that you think said the cardinal speak freely i mean to say that if our signor curate had done his duty things wouldn't have gone as they have but the cardinal renewing his request that she should explain herself more fully she began to feel rather perplexed at having to relate a story in which she too had borne a part she did not care to make known especially to such a man however she contrived to manage it with the help of a little curtailing she related the intended match and the refusal of don abandidio nor was she silent on the pretext of the superiors which he had brought forward ah agnes and then she skipped on to don rodrigo's attempt and how having been warned of it they had been able to make their escape but indeed added she in conclusion we only escaped to be again caught in the snare if instead the signor curate had honestly told us the whole and had immediately married my poor children we would have gone away altogether directly privately and far enough off to a place where not even the wind would have known us but in this way time was lost and now has happened what has happened the signor curate shall render me an account of this matter said the cardinal oh no signor no replied agnes i didn't speak on that account don't scold him for what is done is done and besides it would do no good it is his nature and on another occasion he would do just the same but lucia dissatisfied with this way of relating the story added we have also done wrong it shows it was not the lord's will that the plan should succeed what can you have done wrong my poor girl asked federigo 
and in spite of the threatening glances which her mother tried to give her secretly lucia in her turn related the history of their attempt in don abandidio's house and concluded by saying we have done wrong and god has punished us for it take as from his hand the sufferings you have undergone and be of good courage said federigo for who have reason to rejoice and be hopeful but those who have suffered and are ready to accuse themselves he then asked where was the betrothed and hearing from agnes lucia stood silent with her head bent and downcast eyes how he had been outlawed he felt and expressed surprise and dissatisfaction and asked why it was agnes stammered out what little she knew of renzo's history i have heard speak of this youth said the cardinal but how happens it that a man involved in affairs of this sort is in treaty of marriage with this young girl he was a worthy youth said lucia blushing but in a firm voice he was even too quiet a lad added agnes and you may ask this of anybody you like even of the signor curate who knows what confusion they may have made down there what intrigues it takes little to make poor people seem rogues indeed it is true said the cardinal i'll certainly make inquiries about him and learning the name and residence of the youth he made a memorandum of them on his tablets he added that he expected to be at their village in a few days that then lucia might go thither without fear and that in the meanwhile he would think about providing her some secure retreat till everything was arranged for the best then turning to the master and mistress of the house who immediately came forward he renewed the acknowledgment which he had already conveyed through the priest of the parish and asked them whether they were willing to receive for a few days the guests which god has sent them oh yes sir replied the woman in a tone of voice and with a look which meant much more than the bare words seemed to express but her husband quite excited by the presence of such an interrogator and by the wish to do him honour in so important an occasion anxiously sought for some fine reply he wrinkled his forehead strained and squinted with his eyes compressed his lips stretched his intellect to its utmost extent strove fumbled about in his mind and there found an overwhelming medley of unfinished ideas and half-formed words but time pressed the cardinal signified that he had already interpreted his silence the poor man opened his mouth and pronounced the words you may imagine at this point not another word would occur to him this failure not only disheartened and vexed him at the moment but the tormenting remembrance ever after spoiled his complacency in the great honour he had received and how often in thinking it over and fancying himself again in the same circumstances did numberless words crowd upon his mind as it were out of spite any of which would have been better than that silly you may imagine but are not the very ditches full of wisdom too late the cardinal took his leave saying the blessing of god be upon this house 
the same evening he asked the curate in what way he could best compensate to the tailor who certainly could not be rich for the expenses he must have incurred especially in these times by his hospitality the curate replied that in truth neither the profits of his business nor the produce of some small fields which the good tailor owned would be enough this year to allow of his being liberal to others but that having laid by a little in the preceding years he was among the most easy in circumstances in the neighbourhood and could afford to do a kindness without inconvenience as he certainly would with all his heart and that under any circumstances he would deem it an insult to be offered money in compensation he will probably said the cardinal have demands on people unable to pay you may judge yourself my most illustrious lord these poor people pay from the overplus of the harvest last year there was no overplus and this one everybody falls short of absolute necessaries very well replied federigo i will take all these debts upon myself and you will do me the pleasure of getting from him a list of sums and discharging them for me it will be a tolerable sum so much the better and you will have i dare say many more wretched and almost destitute of clothing who have no debts because they can get no credit alas too many one does what one can but how can we supply all in times like these tell him to clothe them at my expense and pay him well really this year all that does not go for bread seems a kind of robbery but this is a particular case we cannot close the history of this day without briefly relating how the unnamed concluded it this time the report of his conversion had preceded him in the valley and quickly spreading throughout it had excited among all the inhabitants consternation anxiety and angry whisperings to the first bravos or servants it mattered not which whom he met he made signs that they should follow him and so on on either hand all fell behind with unusual perplexity of mind but with their accustomed submission so that with a continually increasing train he at length reached the castle he beckoned to those who were loitering about the gate to follow him with the others entered the first court went towards the middle and here seated all the while on his saddle uttered one of his thundering calls it was the accustomed signal at which all his dependents who were within hearing immediately flocked towards him in a moment all those who were scattered throughout the castle attended to the summons and mingled with this already assembled party gazing eagerly at their master go and wait for me in the great hall said he and from his higher station on horseback he watched them all move off he then dismounted led the animal to the stable himself and repaired to the room where he was expected on his appearance a loud whispering was instantly hushed and retiring to one side they left a large space in the hall quite clear for him there may have been perhaps about thirty the unnamed raised his hand as if 
to preserve the silence his presence had already created raised his head which towered above all those of the assemblage and said listen all of you and let no one speak unless i bid him my friends the path we have hitherto followed leads to the depths of hell i do not mean to abrade you i who have been foremost of you all the worst of all but listen to what i have to say the merciful god has called me to change my life and i will change it i have already changed it so may he do with you all know then and hold it for certain that i am resolved rather to die than to do anything more against his holy laws i revoke all the wicked commands you may any of you have received from me you understand me indeed i command you not to do anything i have before commanded and hold it equally certain that no one from this time forward shall do evil with my sanction in my service he who will remain with me under these conditions shall be to me as a son and i shall feel happy at the close of that day in which i shall not have eaten that i may supply the last of you with the last loaf i have left in the house he who does not wish to remain shall receive what is due of his salary and an additional gift he may go away but must never again set foot here unless it be to change his life for this purpose he shall always be received with open arms think about it to-night to-morrow morning i will ask you one by one for your reply and will then give you new orders for the present retire every one to his post and god who has exercised such mercy towards me incline you to do good resolutions here he ceased and all continued silent how various and tumultuous soever might be the thoughts at work in their hardened minds they gave no outward demonstration of emotion they were accustomed to receive the voice of their master as the declaration of a will from which there was no appeal and that voice announcing that the will was changed in no way denoted that it was enfeebled it never crossed the mind of one of them that because he was converted they might therefore assume over him and reply to him as to another man they beheld in him a saint but one of those saints who are depicted with a lofty brow and a sword in their hands besides the fear he inspired they also entertained for him especially those born in his service and they were a large proportion the affection of subjects they had all besides a kindly feeling of admiration for him and experienced in his presence a species of i will even say modest humility such as the rudest and most wanton spirits feel before an authority which they have once recognized again the things they had just heard from his lips were doubtless odious to their ears but neither false nor entirely alien to their understandings if they had a thousand times ridiculed them it was not because they disbelieved them but to obviate by ridicule the fear which any serious consideration of them would have awakened and now on seeing the effect of this fear on the mind like that of their master 
there was not one who did not either more or less sympathize with him at least for a little while in addition to all this those among them who had first heard the grand news beyond the valley had at the same time witnessed and related the joy the exultation of the people the new favor with which the unnamed was regarded and the veneration so suddenly exchanged for their former hatred their former terror so that in the man whom they had always regarded so to say as a superior being even while they in a great measure themselves constituted his strength they now beheld the wonder the idol of a multitude they beheld him exalted above others in a different but not less real manner ever above the common throng ever at the head they stood now confounded uncertain one of another and each one of himself some murmured some began to plan whether they could go to find shelter and employment some questioned with themselves whether they could make up their minds to become honest men some even moved by his words felt a sort of inclination to do so others without resolving upon anything proposed to promise everything readily to remain in the meanwhile where they could share the loaf so willingly offered and in those days so scarce and thus gain time for decision no one however uttered a syllable and when at the close of his speech the unnamed again raised his authoritative hand and beckoned to them to disperse they all moved off in the direction of the door as quietly as a flock of sheep he followed them out and placing himself in the middle of the courtyard stood to watch them by the dim evening light as they separated from each other and repaired to their several posts then returning to fetch a lantern he again traversed the courts corridors and halls visited every entrance and after seeing that all was quiet at length retired to sleep yes to sleep because he was sleepy never though he had always industriously courted them had he in any conjuncture been so overburdened with intricate and at the same time urgent affairs as at the present moment yet he was sleepy the remorse which had robbed him of rest the night before was not only unsubdued but even spoke more loudly more sternly more absolutely yet he was sleepy the order the kind of government established by him in that castle for so many years with so much care and such a singular union of rashness and perseverance he had now himself overturned by a few words the unlimited devotion of his dependents their readiness for any undertaking their ruffian-like fidelity on which he had long been accustomed to depend these he had himself shaken his various engagements had become a tissue of perplexities he had brought confusion and uncertainty into his household yet he was sleepy he went therefore into his chamber approached that bed which the night before he had found such a thorny couch and knelt down at its side with the intention of praying he found in fact in a deep and hidden corner of his mind the prayers he had been taught to repeat as a child 
he began to recite them and the words so long wrapped up as it were together flowed one after another as if emerging once more to light he experienced in this act a mixture of undefined feelings a kind of soothing pleasure in this actual return to the habits of innocent childhood a doubly bitter contrition at the thought of the gulf that he had placed between those former days and the present an ardent desire to attain by works of expiation a clearer conscience a state more nearly resembling that of innocence to which he could never return together with a feeling of deep gratitude and of confidence in that mercy which could lead him towards it and had already given so many tokens of willingness to do so then rising from his knees he lay down and was quickly wrapped in sleep thus ended a day still so much celebrated when our anonymous author wrote a day of which had he not written nothing would have been known at least nothing of the particulars for ripamonte and riviola whom we have quoted above merely recorded that after an interview with federigo this remarkable tyrant wonderfully changed his course of life and forever and how few are there who have read the works of these authors fewer still are there who will read this of ours and who knows whether in the valley itself if any one had the inclination to seek and the ability to find it there now remains the smallest trace the most confused tradition of such an event so many things have taken place since that time end of chapter twenty four part three